Well, good morning. It's good to be here this morning. I, I wish you could all be here, and yet you are in so many ways. Um, the sanctuary, the, the choir here is full of pictures of you, and I'm encouraged. And um, I guess I realize how much I really do miss you, and it's just a blessing to see your faces. And uh, it just really humbles me uh, that you have taken the time to do this. Uh, showing how much you love the Lord and His house. And uh, also, I have a, a measure of being proud of you. I kind of like you uh, pull out your picture of your grandchildren. Um, it's just a great blessing. You are represented here this morning in the church. And so wherever you are, where you're listening, where you're in the church family or friends, uh, I pray the Lord would bless you and Help us all to reflect upon uh, the past times we've been able to be together and look forward to the future, should God be merciful to us, to bring us together once again. So I want to thank you for doing this. Uh, and also, uh, I want to thank you too, you that were able to write a devotional to put in the He Is Risen um, or Because He Lives devotional book. Uh, most of you should have received that by now, and uh, I know that you've enjoyed it. I know I have. I've read every devotional. And uh, it has been a measure to uh, connect us a little more in this time of pandemic frustration. Um, so thank you for doing that. And I pray that should we do that again, others too might uh, contribute because I believe that we all have such an uh, experience of God as believers and so much of our life is filled with very special uh, profound yet simple experiences with God that that would encourage everybody else along the way. We have so much in common. So thank you. Uh, today I want to talk about a subject uh, that certainly is flooding our hearts and has been for the last month or two, the pandemic. And uh, my subject title is How to End This Pandemic. Um, it's not that I'm so smart that I know. Uh, what I'm going to do is relate to what God says about it, okay? Because he is the one that really, really can do it. Um, I think it's evident that, is, I think in our government, we have very capable people. But, you know, sometimes I wonder if there's not a political agenda. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's people that don't really want it to end so quick. Um, there's people that's probably doing better now than probably when the pandemic wasn't here. Uh, nevertheless, it is horrific. Uh, death and dying has been evident. Many of you have had situations in your own family where you've lost loved ones. Some of you right now are dealing with loved ones that have been tested and have been found positive and are just waiting and uh, through all the process of that. Uh, some of you have had tests in the church family that I know of and has come back negative and we're thankful for that. Uh, I, for one, lost uh, my first cousin in Atlanta who, uh, not he lost, it recovered. i got to tell you, it was a miracle that he recovered, and he was on the uh, ventilator for 18 days, and he went home a couple days ago, so that's a great blessing. Uh, so many in the church, though, were involved with um, caregiving, uh, the situation, the nursing, the, the uh, first-line uh, folks that deal with the taking care of others, uh, we just commend you and our prayers go out to you and thank you for your great courage and faithfulness through it all. 
But it is a horrific time. We've all been separated. Uh, we've been sheltered. We've been forced out of our comfort zone, so to speak. And yet, I know that, and you know that, there's a great blessing in all of this already. I was talking to a young father and husband not long ago who said, you know, he said, Brother Randy, uh, I've had more time to sit down with my family at the supper table at night, just be together, uh, just to see my sons go fishing and situations, just to be with them, just simple things. Um, I, I believe that we see so much of that in the world today, and I believe that, that it's God calling us back to Him. And uh, whenever it ends, we got to understand that while God uses government, God uses medicine, uh, but we got to understand God is above science, He's above economics, uh, He is supreme, and He is the great physician. And I pray that God would bless us. I know that He loves us. He loves you. And even though we suffer and we hurt, we know that He'll never, never harm us. Uh, he's proven that on the cross of Calvary. And so I want to talk this morning about how to end this pandemic. Uh, because, you know, it's not the first pandemic that's ever been. Uh, I was reading the other day where cholera, uh, the Black Plague, uh, there's four or five major, major pandemics who, who, because of those pandemics, multiplied millions of people died. Uh, Two-thirds of some nations were wiped out. Uh, so this is not the first, and it won't be the last unless our Lord comes first. It does look like, though, he's getting pretty close to coming and uh, redeeming this earth, renewing this earth, and, and helping us all to realize for last and forever, that sin has been dealt with and there's no more suffering, pain, or death. This pandemic does remind us that we're pilgrims and strangers on earth, doesn't it? It's not our home. I know that you've been focused on that more than ever before. And uh, that's one of the results I think God has in doing it. I want you to turn with me this morning to the Old Testament uh, prophet's book of Amos. Amos, uh, the book of Amos, I'm going to read some verses from chapter 4. And here's what I want to tell you. This is a situation that just resonated with me as far as the situation that we're going on. Because, see, God is calling His people. And, and if this pandemic ends, it's going to be through God's people. Not through politicians, not through uh, some stimulus package or anything else. I'm talking to you, God's people. Um, and, and the deal is, everything is based upon the church of God in so many places. That's why this world is standing today, uh, God's people. And, and though, when God's people, when we mess up, and we do that a lot, God often uh, uses His means. We, we might think about it as evil, in this case the pandemic, to, to shake us up and make us realize that, you know, uh, Life is pretty fragile. Uh, I'm not so big that I can wear these kind of breeches that I don't need God anymore. Uh, I, I, I need Him, I, and He doesn't need me. I need Him, and so I, I cry out to Him, and we cry out to God in these times. But it's happened so much in history. Well, the book of Amos is a book about God calling His people and using pandemics, and yet they still don't want to listen. Um, that's the thing. We're depending on God to give us a heart to respond to what He's calling us to do. 
It's not going to be something we're going to intellectually embrace. It's not. Uh, we're too stubborn and hard-headed. You know, God doesn't call us sheep to flatter us. Sheep are probably the most dumb creatures on earth. Uh, but that's how God calls us, His sheep. We're the sheep of His pasture, the people of His place and pasture and His care. And He will care for us, and He has covenant to do that. Well, in the book of Amos, there was um, a situation here where Amos is, if you think about it, he's kind of like a, an old a farmer, kind of. He comes out of the woods, and he goes to a very cultured people, Israel, that is dancing and worshiping, and men, they're so smart, and they have everything, and, and they think they're pleasing God. But Amos comes and tells them, that's not true. And God's going to do something about it. See, God has had enough. You know, it would be about like a little country redneck like me going into uh, Washington, D.C., one of those uh, big clubs up there, and start talking about, you know, this is not how you're supposed to live. You know, God is not pleased with this. I mean, I, mean, I would be laughed to scorn. I mean, Amos was in, in so many places in different ways. But nevertheless, what's happened, see, when Israel was in Egyptian bondage, the Egyptians were pretty... Pretty nice people, if you could call them, even though they were taskmasters. They were compassionate. You remember the, the maids and the mothers uh, took over Moses, little baby Moses. They, they still had compassion uh, to the Israelites. But here's a different situation. Now, what God is sending now is the Assyrians. The Assyrians don't mess around. They like lots of blood and death, and they, they're far more powerful than Israel can handle. So Israel has never had anything like this. Nor in my lifetime, and probably most of yours, you've had never, never had anything like this pandemic. We have it. It's something we can't see. It's something we can't deal with. And, and yet, on our own anyway, and, and yet God, if you think about it, does so many things that we can't see. God uses things we can't see to embrace the things that we can't see. That's what faith is about. So, so here in this place, God is using these Assyrians. And Israel is just overtaken, and yet God is saying, now it's time that you return to me. And so I want to read verses 6 through 13 of Amos chapter 4, just straight through. And you'll have the answer to the end of the pandemic in these verses, I know you will. But then I want to uh, apply that somewhat, if God would help us this morning in our lesson. In verse 6 it says, And I also have given you cleanness of teeth in all your cities, and one of bread in all your places. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. And also I have withholden the rain from you, where there were yet three months to the harvest, and I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city. One piece was rained upon, and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered into one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied, yet have ye not returned to me, saith the Lord. I have smitten you with blasting and mildew, when your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased. The palmer worm devoured them, yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have sent among you the pestilence after the manner of Egypt. Your young men have I slain with the sword, and I have taken away your horses, and I have made the stink of your camps to come up until your nostrils. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. 
I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet have ye not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. For lo, he that formeth the mountains, and createth the wind, and declareth unto man what is his thought, that maketh the morning darkness, and treadeth upon the high places of the earth, the Lord, the God of hosts, is his name. What a powerful part of scripture, don't you think? Uh, You know what, you can put the gospel right in this. Uh, This verse 12, that last verse, prepare to meet thy God. I mean, I mean, we got to bring that to today, okay? Because we won't get out of here without Him. We won't. And, and so He is a God that, that we have to deal with because God has dealt with us. And so God, you wouldn't believe God could do this, would you? You wouldn't believe God would, would send death that, that would be so horrific. You know, we, we got this idea God is such a mushy God of love. He'll never hurt anybody. He'll hurt you. God will chase him. I'm going to tell you, you know, you're going to say you're a Christian. I'm going to say I'm a Christian only by the grace of God. But I'm going to tell you what, you are dangerous. You're walking in dangerous ground. That's dangerous because what will God do? God will chasten you. When we disobey God, God's not going to just let us flounder around the world. God is saying this is time. Now, he's long-suffering. Oh, yes, he is. And, and we don't understand. He takes so long to do things, we think, sometimes. But see, God's time and ours is not the same. You know, it's not, and his ways are not ours. It's not. It's, but but here, here we see what God will do. I want you to see that five times uh, from verse 6 through 11, God says, this is what I've done. And these are horrific things. These are things that, that we couldn't probably take in humanity. But, but, but you know what? God says, I've done them, and yet, he says, yet you have not returned to me. You know, we, we can't serve a God on, on a though basis, or if we gotta, we gotta say, God, although said I don't have anything, I'm gonna, I'm gonna serve you. And and yet, when we think about ending the pandemic, we understand that what God is saying, return to me. You know, return to me is how we end to the pandemic. That's returning to God. Now, now here's a verse, and I think it's like the mountains here. Here's a verse that just jumps out when when he says. I will do unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Well, I think this is like a mountain. Uh, uh, I remember, no joke, I remember the first time I ever went to the mountains. I, I didn't, when I was growing up, like maybe some of you, I didn't, we didn't go on vacations. Uh, we picked it back in the summers and worked and played football the rest of the year and whatever. But I remember the first time I went to the mountains, I was probably a teenager. I know it was. And a friend of mine and I was riding up there, and I remember in, in, the, in the morning as it got daylight, seeing the mountains, and I thought it was clouds. Really, I really did. I thought it was clouds. I never seen anything like that in my life. And, and, and it was a mountain. And God is like that mountain, okay? And so he's put this mountain here, here and I want you to understand what God is teaching us through pandemics, through problems, through persecution, through life, and the passion he has for us is to prepare to meet thy God. Now, now the, to apply this 
in the few minutes we have together, I mean, you've got to say, shout the house down, let's return to God. And you may be there now, but you stay there, okay? You stay with God. Some of you may not ever got to God the first time. You know what you need to do about that. You commit your life to God. You trust Him. You believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. You go ahead and you forget about the past. You don't worry about the future. And you put your life in Jesus Christ's hands. You trust in His merit for your salvation. And you completely follow Him and do what God says. That's returning to God. And so now, now I want to say four things. And it won't be so much from the, from the verses. I wanted to build this to show us what God does, uh, how He uses pandemics, and what the purpose of it is to return to Him. That's what the pan- pandemic purpose is, return to God. You see, God has called us to be one with Him. And so whatever it takes to make that happen, God will do it. Now, another scripture that that really is a mountain of God, I think, in the, in, the, in the New Testament, is when Jesus went to Calvary. Jesus Christ died on the cross. And he had seven sayings there. I'm not going to deal with all of them, but I'm going to deal with some of them. Because what Jesus was doing on Calvary is what we got to do to return to God. Because we won't get to God without getting to Jesus. He is the only way to God. It's not by our good works. It's not by us because we go to church. Uh, you know, I was thinking uh, this verse, this situation, Israel were full of worship. I mean, gosh, they were into worship, you know. Look at verse 4 if you still got your Bibles open. Uh, Come, Amos says, he's using some sarcasm here, I think, and transgress. Come to Bethel, that's where they worship, and let's sin. <laughs> um, to Gilgal, multiply transgression and bring your sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years. And offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven. And proclaim and publish the free offerings. For this liketh you, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord God. So what he's saying is they were worshiping folks. You know, I think about it. And I think about it. I think about seeing these beautiful pictures of you and your worship. And I appreciate your genuine and I think we all do we all want to work in spirit and truth but you know we need to come to understand that maybe just maybe God has closed the churches for a time because maybe we got to thinking that we were more involved in entertaining people than glorifying God that the worship leader was more important than God And that we come to church to see how good the preacher does or how much the choir sings. Or maybe we come to complain about what the church is not doing, how they're not responding as they should. You know, you can take it far as you want it. But I'm going to say what God is saying here is you're going at, Amos says, you come on now and you come to church. Maybe God closed the church to keep us from sinning for a little while. You hear me? Because religion, see, it's not about religion. It's about enjoying God. About understanding that He is the God that says, you're going to serve me in spirit and in truth. And you're to worship me and no other God before you. And so I wonder, I wonder with the church life that we've seen and how we've been spoiled, so to speak, and everything God has blessed us to do, 
uh, how He's blessed us and how we've taken it for granted. I'm just, I'm just saying, maybe that's just me, you know, but I'm ready to repent. I'm ready to return to God, aren't you? Because I want this to end. I want to get back in God's house. I want you to be back in here and rejoice in God. So, so Jesus is on the cross because Jesus came to this earth for one reason. So He came to this earth to return to God. And if He returns to God, He's bringing all of His people with Him. So that's the only way that you and I get to God is through Jesus. So let's get up on the cross with Jesus if we're going to end this pandemic. Because the cross of Calvary is how Jesus ended the worst, most horrific pandemic that's ever been. That is sin. That's how he conquered death on the cross of Calvary. So there's four things I want to say about that. Number one, we're going to climb up here. And figuratively, we were with Christ on the cross anyway. You hear me? Romans 6 and other places. We died with him. We rose with him. Symbolically, that's where we were fit. We were there with him. So now let's go back. If we really want this pandemic to end. Number one is embrace suffering. First thing we have to do, we want this pandemic to end, just embrace suffering. What I mean by that is we've got to understand there's a purpose in this. I've already alluded to a few of those. You've noticed those. It's unique. But I'm going to tell you, suffering is universal. And suffering is universal because of sin. There's not a, there's not a door, whether your house is um, a, a million dollar mansion or a $10,000 mobile home. I tell you what, before, behind every door, no matter how big the house is or where it's located, there's lots of pain. There's lots of pain. And so, so we need to embrace that though. And I don't mean to be stoic with it, but to be resolved. That's what Jesus said. Jesus was on that cross. And you know what he said? I thirst. I thirst. You know what he was saying? Now, he didn't have to go to the cross. He did it. And yes, he did too in a way because he's God. And that's what God calls him to do. And he always come to go do the Father's will. And that's how we are being. But when God brings us to this point, to return to him, we say, I thirst. We thirst. For righteousness. I know that you thirst for God's word. You thirst to hear hymns, don't you? You thirst to hear public audible prayer. You thirst to just be together. You know, it's just so sad in this world, isn't it? That we can't be together. And how we've taken it for granted. Uh, yesterday, I saw a friend of mine I haven't saw in several years and and I just got out at his house. We had to go for a meeting for something. And he got out and he come out of his garage. And, and we just shook hands. Just without thinking. And we both just jerked our hands back. I mean, you know, we felt so guilty. And I said, man, I'm so sorry. He said, I am too. And I said, well, I got some Germex in my truck. And I mean, you know, it's just like you can't touch anybody. I mean, you, you just, I don't want to give anybody anything, and you don't either. And, and we just live in this, in this state like we ought to. And, and so, so, so there's suffering, and, and we embrace this. But Jesus says, I thirst. Now, when you really look at the meaning of that, what, he, what he's saying is there, he says, I'm dried out. He says, I, I'm dried out. And, and you know, that's what suffering does. That's what pandemics do. It, it dries us out. And what happened, it kind of hollows us out. I mean, it makes us have a longing, doesn't it? And you know what? You remember uh, 
Uh, some of you probably do. I just barely remember where I would go to the wells in the country. They would have open wells, and, and you draw the water up with a bucket, and, and by the bucket or by the well, there would be a, a dipper, and that dipper was a gourd, uh, and a gourd that had been hollowed out. It had been dried out. So, so what suffering does, and why we need to embrace it, when God sends it, we don't need to run from it. Well, we don't need to, to just shake a leg and say, I don't, I don't want to be around this. We need to understand that, that God is hauling us out to make us more useful in His kingdom. Because what suffering will do is show us our purpose in life. It really will. Now, you know, I hope you take this the right way. I, I miss you all. I, I like your pictures. I like to be with you in person. I like the church, but I'm going to tell you this, and I bet you feel this, a glimpse of this in the same way as believers. Because, see, there's a separation from this world that God has put in us when He changed our principles. That's what God has done to you. Not only should we thank God for what He's done for us, we need to thank what He's done to us. So, so what He's done to me, and I, and I presume done to you, you know, this pandemic, this sheltered in place, I'm going to tell you, for I'm concerned, if, if I could be with you guys and, and I could be, you know, I'm with my wife and, and my grandchildren, some of them, but I can't be with all of them like I want to be. If I could have all that together and, and, and I got my little place over there and I could look at those trees and fool with my few little cows and, 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 and cut the grass and work in the yard in the garden and eat, eat, start sitting down with my wife and family and eat meals and sit on the front porch, I'm going to tell you, pandemics, Sheltered in place, that's like throwing a rabbit in the briar patch, as far as I'm concerned. It really is. It, and so we see that it, it, it's in that way. Not, not to belittle the suffering and the disease and the hurt of it. Now, I'm not meaning that. I'm just saying what we do to embrace it and how God would bless us to be removed from it, from it a lot. So, so we embrace it. We know it's universal. You know, a few days ago, our family dog rose. We had to put her down. Why? Because she was suffering so much. And I was out there with my granddaughters, and they were shedding tears. And we had Rose put down, and we had a little service for her out there in the back of the garden. And I thought about, you know, suffering even affects God's creatures. We all have to suffer. And yet, we need to embrace it. Because what happens, it brings out a spiritual part of us that we didn't have. And it causes us not to depend so much on the body and the physical. I mean, I mean, all this money that, that we spend on braces for our children and grandchildren, for their teeth, I mean, it's not going to make much difference now, is it, when you're wearing a mask all the time? It's not. It's not. And so you think about all this we put in physical things. So now we see, no, what I need to know is a spiritual thing. Because what we need to understand, if we're going to end this pandemic, we're going to do more than wash our hands. Hey, we're going to wash our heart. We're going to just clean our heart up for God. And we've got to be honest with God, and we've got to tell God just like it is, just how we feel. And whatever sin we've committed, we need to go back, and we need to get it, and we need to take it to God and lay it on the cross. And ask God to forgive us as he's never forgiven us before. And you know, he'll do it. He'll do it. Secondly, we're going to have to be humble and patient. Humble and patient. Uh, 
you know, the prodigal, when he returned to his father, he came humble. He didn't come saying, I want to get back everything I've had. He says, no, I want to be a servant. I hope when we come back to church that we'll come back. I know you will. I know you've been like that when you left. You don't want to leave anyway, but when we come back, we'll say, oh God, I just want to serve you. I don't have to sing a special. I don't have to preach a wonderful sermon. I don't have to do anything, God. I just want to, I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you and your people. See, to be humble, because when we're humble, God will lift us up. But he does say, Jesus, doesn't he? He says, straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, and few that be that find it. Now, you want to get on the broad way? I'm going to tell you what God has called the earth right now. God has said, listen, the party is over. And I believe that. And the party is over. Now, we've got to let that sink in. Well, our life in our world is good. It will never be like it once was. But it won't. It won't. I promise you it never will. And so we need to embrace that. We need to be humble though and patient and understand that what God has called us. Because you know by nature, I know I've got this preachers are full of arrogance sometimes and egotism. Uh, we, we by nature are, uh, we want entitlements. We want our rights. But we understand what God is showing us. That God would help us. And bless us. If we want to end this pandemic, you know what? We've got to be humble and patient. And they, they go together. They really do. I mean, you know, you're, you're not, you're standing in line. I don't know why. I don't know, understand. I, this is not my day. I mean, I didn't plan this. I, I don't like this. Okay? But, but what's happened, we've got to be understanding that we've got to be passionate. We've got to be sacrificed, uh, saturated in God's Word. You know, that's, that's what we need to understand. And I know you have, but, but understand that's your blessing. God says that, that my word is a light unto your path and a lamp unto your feet. That's how you get back to God. You get in God's word. And God's word is light. And God's light is, will show us the path that we're to take. And we take one step at a time and we walk by faith. And we thank God for the blessings that he's given us. And we're flexible. We're flexible. We're tolerant. We're going to hang in there. You know, it just strips our self-importance. You know, we don't feel so important when we're wearing a mask around, do we? We don't. And we see that, and what a blessing it is. And what a joy it is to be humble and patient. And you know, I, I, I have come and just, you see simple things. And it's more important through these pandemics. I remember, you know, I would be at the church or somewhere in the afternoons or around town, and lots of times I would want a mid-afternoon snack, you know, when all, before all this happened. And I might go by... Uh, Chick-fil-A or somewhere and, and get a, uh, um, what is those lemon, frosted lemonade milkshakes. Those things are pretty good. And so I just pull up there and they bring it out, you know. I guess they still will. But, you know, I don't want that. I, I haven't been to any of those places. I mean, when, when they say sheltered in, you know, my wife says, you know, we're going to be sheltered in. And that's what we're doing. And so, so uh, but here's what I found. You can take, if you need a snack, you don't have to go to Chick-fil-A. You don't have to go to Zaxby's. Or you don't, you don't have to go down to the dollar store or the Minute Mart. Get a bag of peanuts and a Coke. Here's what you can do. You can take a piece of whole wheat bread. I mean, I mean I've been even getting a heel. You know what the heel is? That's the end. You just take one slice and you put peanut butter on it. And you put blackberry jelly and you fold it over. And I'm going to tell you why. That thing's pretty good. I have learned 
This is what patience and humility will do. I have learned that hot dogs are pretty good. I mean, hot dogs are pretty good. You don't have to go to, to uh, the steakhouse. You don't have to do that. You can enjoy more and spend less. You don't have to have a lot to have everything. You hear me? When you got Jesus. Thirdly, thirdly, you have to focus, listen to me now, on connections and not collections. Focus on connections, relationships, and not what you can collect. In other words, it's okay to let your heart be broken. That's what Jesus says. You remember Jesus on the cross? I think it's in John 19 again. And, and he's dying there and he tells John about his mother. He said, John, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. What is he doing? He's giving up. He's giving up something that's very precious to him. And that's what pandemics cause it. And, but he's going, he's going to God. Okay? And so, so we need to let our hearts be broken. We need to understand that, that our connections are more important than our collections. You know, uh, if we're going to God, Jesus said, it's pretty hard for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. You know, it's pretty doggone hard. And yet, that's what he was using, you remember, in the parable about, about the rich man. You know, if, if riches are all we want. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be prosperous and doing good as long as you're willing to share those things for God and use those talents. But what matters is that we understand that what's important is connections, my relationships. And I think we see that. If we're going to get back to God, we're going to understand that it's this the relationship because everybody that God's allowed in your life, your relationships right now is for a purpose. And you know, we're to love them and to bless them, and to reach out to them. And God has given us. And you know what? We've got to be forgiven. You know what Jesus said on the cross? Right in this pandemic, Jesus said when he's dealing with your sin and mine, he says, Father, forgive them. <laughs> well, they know what they do. You want to end this pandemic? Return to God. You're going to return to God? You can't go with bitterness. You can't go with some sort of uh, um, attitude. You can't go with a grudge. You've got to just forgive because God has forgiven you. He said that we be forgive one another even as the Father which is in heaven has forgiven us for Christ's sake. That's what He did. He forgave us of all our sins. And what a blessing that is. What a joy that is. You remember years ago, uh, I think mid-2005 or six, the, uh, some guy went into an Amish school over in Pennsylvania and, and took uh, ten young girls hostage. You remember that story? It's a true story. And the guy ended up keeping them hard for a while and then killing all ten of them before taking his own life. You know what those, those Amish did? I still remember that. I mean, just vaguely. I don't know all the details. But you know what those, the, that Amish community did? They, they focused on connections. They reached out to the widow of that man that took his life. They, they went to his funeral they invited her to their daughter's funeral, those girls' funerals. They, they gave her things. They embraced her. And they built a new school. And they titled the school uh, New Hope Life School, I think. That may not be great, but something like that. But my point is, they, they showed in that situation. Now, I know that was a local pandemic. That's pretty horrific to happen. But they forgave. 
And you know, we don't need to be blaming people about what all's going on. We need to reach out to people and help them and, and to understand that we need to reprioritize. And I bet many of you have already. Because God has called us that we need to seek God first. And I know I need to adjust so much in my life. We need to seek God first in His kingdom and He'll add all these things to us. So, three of them so far is this, returning to God. We, that's, that's paramount. That's what God says. We see this from Amos. Uh, Jesus says that, coming to me all ye that labor and every laden, I'll give you rest. Jesus says that over and over in the New Testament. Jesus says you come unto me, you come to me, you follow me, you take up your cross. That's how you go to God. So how do we do it? First of all, we embrace suffering. And then we be humble and we're patient. And it's okay. We're not, we're not so big as we thought we were. We're pretty dependent on one another. So we understand that we focus on connections and not collections. And then lastly, and briefly, you know what? We've got to live in the present moment. If you're going to end this pandemic, you, gotta, you can't live out in the future. You can't be worried about what's going to happen. You know, worry is a sin, okay? You've got to trust God's providence. And you can because you know what? You're going to have all you can need. You know what David said in the Old Testament? David says, I, I once was young and now I'm old, but I have yet to see the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Now see, God says this word, you know what he's called in Amos, Amos chapter uh, 4, as I was reading. God says in verse 2, the Lord has sworn in his holiness that this will happen. See, God's holiness verifies his truthfulness. But what God says he will do. He will do. So that's why we need to understand that we live in the present moment. So when Jesus on the cross, I want you to be up there with me, with him, you remember there was two thieves. And there was one thief, well, both of them were cursing him one time, but one of them, God did a work on that man's heart. And God says, what's God saying? I don't want you to worry about the past. I don't you to worry about the future. He says, what you up here now beside Jesus? And we're all in this together. And you remember, he said, Lord, have mercy. When you come into your kingdom, remember me. That's what he was saying. And you remember Jesus says, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. You know what? Paradise, he's not talking about heaven necessarily. He's talking about now. He's talking about with God's presence. You know, we can have a measure of heaven on earth even in the midst of a pandemic. We can. Oh, yeah, we can. I mean, peace is not the absolute problem. Peace is the presence of God. You return to God, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have peace. Draw near to God, and He'll draw near to you. I told many of you this story before, but it just comes to my mind. I remember a little boy. I remember my mama would switch me. I remember how bad I was, and I remember my mama would switch me. And my mama could switch me good. And I remember she'd get on me right in the back of my legs. In the summertime, I'd have shorts or something on. She'd pop me good, and, and man, I'd just run off in the back of the field and pout. Don't you run off in the back of the field during this pandemic and pout, Okay? You know, I told you this is what happened, and it really does. And I believe this is, how did we get in this thing? You know how I ended up with my mama? One day my mom was getting on me, and I tell you what, she was just so close to me, I just all of a sudden I turned around, and I just grabbed her around the waist, and I just hugged her. Just ran right to her and hugged her. And I mean, I still remember her trying to switch me, but she couldn't really get to me too good. And you know what? I always remember that. I mean, she didn't have the leverage. And you know what? When we just run to God, and just embrace Him. Just come right to Him. Just saying, God, oh God, I need you. I, I'm wrong, oh God, and you're right. 
You know, we do have a tendency to mess up. We do. We're not, we're not foolproof. We're not, we're not uh, bulletproof, okay? We, 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 we're weak. We can't even walk without holding His hand. May God help us to get back in His Word and live in the present moment. Oh, it's so precious to understand this. That's what Jesus said to that thief. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. You know what? It slows us now, this pandemic. That's why God's calling us to run, return to it. We don't have to think about a hundred different things at one time, do we? We don't have to do multitasking. What we need to do is just embrace what God has given us, and we understand that, and we bless it. And what, a, what a gracious God we have. May the Lord bless us all. You know, again, I, I, don't, I don't claim to have the answers. You know, you know me better than that. But, but, you know, I believe with all my heart that's how this thing is going to end, when we return to God. And, you know, I'm going to do something else. I'm, I'm truly convinced of that it's going to be God's people. It's not going to be about the Senate or Democrats or Republicans or, or the, any, any groups. It's going to be God's people. It's going to be you. It's going to be me. It's going to be us coming to grips with our dependency on God so that when God opens up His churches again, we'll come in this place, we'll come in more humbly, we'll be coming here more loving, we'll become more patient, more tolerant, more... Uh, ready to serve God than we've ever been before. Because what happens when you return to God and God blesses us? Now, He's got to bless with His Spirit to do that. It's not an academic human venture here. I'm talking about we've got to plead to God's Holy Spirit to give us that wind that will give us the momentum to do it. Because when God gives us that, we have that momentum. Once we start toward Him, then there's a momentum. that when an object is put in motion, it has a tendency to stay in motion. So let's keep at it. Let's take up our cross and follow Jesus. May the Lord bless you, is my prayer. For Christ's sake, amen.